This podcast is hosted by RPP. The following episode contains coarse language, violent themes, sexual references, and the really creepy stuff. If you're underage, turn off your device. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Welcome back to I Think My TV Is Haunted. I'm Gemma. Yeah, I'm Esther. And welcome back. If you're here for a second time, it means that you've probably, uh, A, listened to our first episode, and B, started watching Penny Dreadful uh, City of Angels. And if not, then you're probably super confused. I I think you're probably confused. Yeah, Listening to our first episode and watching the TV show. I mean, this is a... Um, a spin-off of our other uh, podcast, I Think My Fridge is Haunted, mm-hmm. um, and we're reviewing TV and movies. Yep. So, so no facts from the freezer, no spooky, no sp- spooky stories, no, no spooky stories, uh, no, no weird stuff from the Daily Mail. This is yep. just, we are just reviewing TV and film, specifically. Yes, we are. Penny Dreadful. Yeah. So... First of all, let's just start from the beginning. What did you? What was your first takeaway from from this episode? How did you feel? Um, it was a little. It was a little bit stressful. This episode. It was. There wasn't any real joy in it, um, which is completely obvious, seeing as though the circumstances. Mm-hmm. Of the it last was a episode depressing was so episode. Heavy. Yes. Yeah. Uh, it was. I. I liked this episode. Really. Um, yeah, I thought it was cool. But uh, yeah, I, there was a, there's a lot of racism. Oh, um, so much trigger warning. Yes, yeah, but yes. uh, lots of lots of racism. Um, now we do have a corrections corner. Okay, because we fucked up a few times last week, yeah. and that was <laughs> we were calling them Spanish, but they are Mexican, and you can't mix those two because yep. they're different things. Yep. So. We apologize, and I was calling him the wrong name the whole time. I, I think I was calling him. I I also San called Diego. him. I think you called him San Diego, and I called him Tiago, and it's Santiago or Tiago. Yeah, both and I've wrong. been calling Lewis Nathan Lane the whole time. So if there's any any confusion, his name is Lewis, and he that's okay. I can, plays it. I can definitely <laughs> deal with that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, um, I think that's it. I, I think that yeah, yeah. Uh, as far as sort of housekeeping stuff, yeah. Sorry about yeah. that, guys. <laughs> yeah, apologies. Um, I also just want to say as well. Um, I apologize if we refer to any words that they use in this TV series that are racial slurs that we're unaware of. Yeah. Um, because I just have this fear that we're going to say something that's said in the show. Because that is the last thing we want to do. That well-traveled Chris will let us know if we say anything offensive. <laughs> we fucked up. Sorry, guys. Yes, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. We'll try harder. But yeah, we'll we'll give it a go. We'll but, give it a go. Yeah, this uh, this episode. I watched it twice. I watched it last night, and I watched it again today. I actually was 
super disappointed with this episode. The first time mm. I watched it, it was not the as, riveting. Look, I'm a Penny Dreadful purist. Last yep. week they gave us Penny Dreadful. Full flavour. Yep. This week, and I said to my husband, I feel like I'm just watching a cop show. This isn't Penny Dreadful. Yeah, well, that's, that's I agree. And honestly, this season hasn't caught me yet. Like, I'm still struggling to get through each episode because it's not that it's, interesting to me yet. It's caught me. It's not scary it's and it's not yeah. like... Mm. I found the first episode, there were parts of it that were genuinely creepy to me. Um, And I absolutely loved the first episode. And that was why it was hard for me to grasp the second episode because I had such high standards already. I wanted it to match that first episode. And there was no supernatural stuff. It was just all drama. Yeah, Uh, it was a cop show. It was just a cop cop show. show. It was like true detective but more colourful and beautiful. And that was another problem that I had with it. This episode was so bright. Did you notice that? Everything was so bright with um, what I call the season one filter. It was very... It it was very soft. Fall would have been there in the background. It was very soft focus in parts and very kind of idyllic and sunny. And it's just not what I'm really used to when I'm watching Penny Dreadful. Exactly. (laughs) I'm used Um, to watching Penny Dreadful like uh, you have to watch it in a dark room, otherwise you can't see anything. But this was completely different. Yeah, this is the 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 lighting is definitely very happy and um, I think they're trying to emphasize that they're in LA yep. where everything's hot and beautiful mm. but mm-hmm. I mean even in the hospital it's bright everywhere is bright yep the only scene that was dark in this entire episode was right at the end it, and that was yeah. the only supernatural scene in the whole thing I wrote a note you to know? myself 40 minutes in was our first nighttime shot right mm. that's interesting oh yeah so, the, yeah we'll get to that yeah soon. we'll get to that so let's go from the very very beginning disappointed to yep. see another thing I was just dis- I'm sorry I, I I'm gonna rant about this episode probably although the second time I watched it I liked it a lot more uh just disappointed to see still no opening titles oh yeah I don't know how you feel about I, that look I like that I like that the how they had um Penny Dreadful City of Angels and that was just, like, and then it was like a kind of. I a, thought it was really cool. It was it kind of a like hissing the, sound. It almost sort of yeah, reminded me awesome. of a, a rattlesnake. So it's kind of like you know when you watch Supernatural. I don't know if you've watched that. It no. just has Supernatural comes up on the screen with kind of like an explosion sound, and that's it. Which is no, fine. I like I liked the the opening credit. Okay, because it was almost Tarantino a little bit, who I'm obsessed with. So I base a lot of my like comparisons to his movies and I just thought mm-hmm. it was like quite old school and it had like the crackling um like a like old film and it was I thought it was awesome all right well that's a I main that problem really that's cool. something I'm gonna have to work through <laughs> <laughs> so, scene okay, so one. First, okay so the episode is called dead people lie down yes which when that came up I got really excited because I'm like oh We've got some dead people, but um, (laughs) we shall soon see that there aren't really many dead people in this episode. No. I mean, it is sad, but it's the saddest episode. It was a serious episode. It was. First scene, Mama is kneeling down praying for her son who is in a potential coma in the hospital. Mm. That's the first thing we see. Um, She's rolling down these these mustard-colored socks and her legs are all old and varicose veiny and bruised and 
I didn't know who it was meant to be for a second. I, yeah, I'm me like, too. Oh. Yeah, I thought, who's, yeah. who's this? Yeah, um, then she gets down on her knees and she's praying and then the, the camera pans up and we see the son and then the family are around him mm-hmm. and then um, it, it, it cuts to another shot of the hospital, the front of the hospital yard, which is super fucking busy from all the wounded and all the killed from the shootout. Yeah. So were you surprised to see that Raul was not dead? Yeah, I was. I was surprised um, too. I was trying to figure out where he was shot. Uh, I think it was in the head somewhere. Yeah, but he had all like bandages kind of around his face, didn't he? Yeah. Or, uh, and he's yeah. got this really huge sort of respirator type of device over Yeah, it's his like face. on an iron lung type thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah and then we see um, the hospital from the outside. So we figured out that this has just come straight from the last scene. So that big. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know if you wouldn't call it a riot. It was kind of like a face-off Oh, it was like a uh, fight. Yeah, face off. It wasn't a siege. It wasn't a riot. Yeah, I don't know what like to call it. Like a shootout. It. Yeah, like an old school shootout. Yeah, yeah. So the cops are already being super, super racist. Um, Santiago goes to walk in with Lewis, who had been shot in the arm, and he needed to get his arms treated. Mm-hmm. And the cops are already like refusing him entry, calling mm-hmm. him racist slurs. One of the cops spits in his face. Yeah. And like, this is in the first, I'd say, two minutes of the film, so already oh, yeah. it's quite, like, yeah. it's in your face that they're still being racist assholes. Yep. And, like, it's really sad because Santiago's visibly upset. Yeah. Um, he's shaken up and they're still being twats to him. Um, well, I mean, this, this face-off has just happened, so tensions yeah. are really, really high. Yeah, extremely high. Mm. So when they get into the hospital, they run into the captain and my husband yeah. said, oh, it's Data. And I said, what? And he goes, look, it's Data. And then I went, oh, my God. Who, who is Data? Data is the – he's a droid or, or like an artificial human from Star Trek Next Generation from like oh, 30 years ago. Yeah, and I was clearly. like, oh, my God, yeah. I cannot unsee this. <laughs> So oh, well, that's weird. it. I can't see Nathan Lane. I can't see on Nathan Lane. can't unsee Nathan Lane from the birdcage or as Pepper Saltzman from Modern Family every time I see him. Is he in like, Modern oh, Family? He, yeah, he plays a guy called Pepper Saltzman who's oh. like this super flamboyant designer. Fabulous. <laughs> I love it. Oh, cool. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So the so, captain um, is super pissed off. Yep. And he says, and we've Lewis. got four dead cops, one's lost an eye, yep. and Santiago kind of challenges him and he says, well, how many dead Mexicans are there? And he's like, don't start with me, kid. Literally, yeah, literally. And um, uh, Lewis is defending Santiago's mm-hmm. brother. Mm-hmm. He's pretending he doesn't know who shot him. Yeah, um, he was like, I don't know who shot like, me. There was so much yeah. confusion and tear gas yeah. and stuff. Yeah, so that that was Lewis's. Currently, my favourite male character of the whole thing. Yeah, he's great. Yeah, I love him. So then the next um, scene, they kind of go around a corner and sort of sit down together and Lewis tells him, he goes, um, no one saw or shot anyone. Yeah. So what he's saying is, I don't know who shot me, I don't know who you shot, I don't yep. know anything, you don't know anything. Yep, that's it. Mm. That's it, which was nice. And you, you saw like, cool, so this guy – isn't racist, and I think that comes down to him 
being Jewish mm-hmm. and being mm-hmm. um, kind of marginalized. Understanding and the, segregation. Yes, very much so. Yeah. So we're seeing that even with Lewis, who appears to be just a normal white American guy. Yeah. He's like, he has history and being discriminated. Boom. And later Another in the episode, thing. he just, he does say we're, um, cops are all outcasts. That's yeah. it. So how did you feel okay. about the next scene? That was a, quite an interesting um, one. I thought it was really sad. It was. It was really fucking sad. So Santiago um, is walking through the hospital and he sees, like, lots of white people crying over their family members who are cops. And, like, at e- there was there was a, a dead cop with his wife or mm. daughter or something crying. And then there were, like, three other police officers that had their hats off and their guns down and they were kind of mourning and then Santiago uh, walks into a room and it's literally just a pile of dead Mexicans. Yeah, and, and it's they, dark and um, it's, it's dark, a real contrast. Dumped. Yeah, they yeah. literally dumped on top of each other. None of their uniform was off, so like there was no um, aftercare proof of, yeah, that the hospital even checked if some of them were still alive or anything. Yeah, like, they like their, um, their trousers, suspenders were still all attached and everything. So yeah. obviously they've just they've Been just thrown. put them they've just dumped them in this room. They're not even like in straight lines. They're just they've literally just been pushed in this room and the door's yeah. just been kind of shut. Shut. Yeah. And that was really sad. I think that was the saddest moment for me and like he got really emotional and Yeah. I yeah, it was it was really that part was really fucked up. Yeah. Um, he then speaks to a doctor about his brother. The um, is it right? Right? How do you say his name? Raul. Right. Ra- Raul mm-hmm. is in an induced coma, and says he has maximum maximum three days at the most of being alive, and that he will have to eventually be um, taken off the respiratory, like his plug pull, basically. Um, and I got the impression that what he was saying is someone else more worthy needs it, this machinery. Oh, wow. I Wow, I never picked that up. That's really interesting. Yeah. The way but that he it, said yeah, it. Totally. Was, yeah. Yeah, totally. And then Santiago, um, and, and the doctor is also very, very short with him. He's like, you're going to need yeah. to take him off the respirator. I'm sorry, sir. And he just walks off. Yeah. He, he basically was like, he got two days. Mm-hmm. Um, so he goes over to his brother's bed and the rest of the family are mourning. His sister runs up to him and gives him a big hug. Then mm-hmm. his other brother walks over and pulls the sister from him and you can see that he is pissed because if we remember in the last episode, he saw San Diego shoot his brother. Yep. Mm-hmm. So he knows. He's the mm-hmm. only one who knows. Yep. And then he, we cut to Santiago, a moment where he says, Santiago also speaks to his mum and says um, he doesn't have long. We need to take the respirator yeah. off him. And she is adamant Raul right. is not going to die. Yeah, she's like, I brought him into this world. He's not going to die in this yeah. hospital. Mm-hmm. Um, then brother says... Mateo. What's his name? Mateo. Mateo? Mateo, like Alexis. Oh. <laughs> 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 so Mateo says, if he dies, San Diego is no longer part of the family, which 
look, the whole situation is fucked, but I kind of agree. Like, I'd do the same, I think. If I saw my sibling kill my other sibling and then be like, I was I was on my first day of my job, like, and I was I was protecting my my partner who I've known for one day. Like, I would be pissed. At the same time, though, Raúl did go um, into a rampage of shooting. Like, he shot like yep. six men oh, in the space of about six seconds. So Mateo had to see completely that. Santiago was stopping his brother from killing people. I know, but he was only aiming for cops. Which means that Mateo uh, agrees with this behaviour. <laughs> yeah. Basically. He's like, If well, you're coming from, like, the side of the Mexican, you yeah. just see your brother being, like, a hero Like a hero, like to, a the hero to them. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then you see your other brother shoot your brother in the head for standing up for their community. Mm. Whereas, like, Santiago had literally, it was his first official day on the job. Like, if my sister got a job making sandwiches at a fucking deli and I came in as a customer to buy some sandwiches and then... How am I going to put this into this I'm really looking forward to this analogy. Okay. And then it was Stella's first day as a sandwich maker and I came in with my friends and then one of the people in the deli starts shooting at my friends and then I start shooting at the sandwich makers and not my sister because they're shooting at my friends and then my sister shoots me in the head. (laughs) I'd be pissed off. I think Santiago is coming from it from a humanist perspective, whereas Mateo is coming from it from a purely racial perspective. Yeah, definitely. It's, it's complicated. Because I'm not going to be racist. I'm not going to say my sister was working with a pack of... <laughs> sandwich supremacists. <laughs> yeah, the country of sandwiches, Nazi sandwiches. I don't know. <laughs> <sighs> So anyway. then Tiago is super emotional after this little conversation. Understandably, super because emotional. Like, I've shot my brother, but I have no respect at my work, and I'm potentially going to lose my family, and he mm-hmm. knows the chances of his brother dying. So he's like, well, cool, I'm basically going to be completely... Ostracized. Um, yeah. Okay, so scene <laughs> seven... We mm-hmm. are in the cafeteria of the hospital and the captain tells Tiago and Luis, yes. he says, bring me a Mexican head. Yep. Uh, he wants this case finished and Luis yep. says, can I clarify this? You want me to end the case, not solve the case. And yep. he said that's correct. But the two detectives are still adamant on solving the case and they decide to look into the church that Mr. Hasland was part of, one of the murder victims. Yep, yep that's it. So, so they're being real detectives. Yeah. Um, whereas the commissioner is just being a fuckwit and he's like, I just want any Mexican's head brought to me on a plate, basically. Yeah, so that he can tell society that it. Uh, yeah. it was all very black and white. The Mexicans yeah. cause trouble and they um, yep. will be punished or whatever. 
Oh, God. So okay. it's just yeah. this whole political situation. So then yeah. we go um, into scene eight. We're back with Governor Townsend and his yeah. assistant, uh, who we find out her name is Alex. So it's really Magda the Demon. Yeah. But in this guy's, she is called Alex. And yeah. he's bitching about the uh, the standoff. And yep. he thinks that because of this, the road can no longer be constructed. Um, yeah, which he stressed about because if the road isn't constructed, then um, the Nazis are going to come after him too. So he's a bit stressed. He's, he's having an aspirin. Um, yeah, and she's making him one of those fizzy aspirins in water. And um, and he's super against the Mexican community. And Alex uses this opportunity to remind him of his Nazi connections. So Mr. Yeah, Goss. She's that, such a badass. She's like, you can see her plotting in her head. She's super calculating. I fucking love her. I love her. <laughs> love her. Have the biggest crush on her in all shapes and forms. She's my, husband, my type of girl. My husband said they literally cannot make her look bad. <laughs> No, she's they can't. just so everyone will beautiful. be rooting for her. That's the yeah, thing. That's the no thing. matter what look she's got or what character, how many people she's like killing, putting towards death. You're like, yeah, bitches, they're back at cute. Oh, I just want to like squeeze her cheeks, yeah, her face cheeks, and maybe her butt cheeks too. Anyway, she tells him that he should use these dead dead officers as a memorial for the tra- tragedy and uh, yes. she wants to exploit the Quite racism clever. of the people and get yeah. them on she Townsend's to side. Yeah, yeah. She's saying they're now going to be afraid of their Mexican gardeners um, yeah. turning around and killing them. Um, yeah. And she's planning this whole campaign to use the tragedy as an opportunity for them to keep construction of the road moving forward. Yeah, and she's basically like, use this massacre yeah. as a publicity stunt. As an opportunity rather than a tragedy. Yeah. She's like, you could turn this around, you could put people in your favour, you can make it sound like, you know. Yeah. Um. And I'm just shifting. And then, on, she has, go back in. and then she has a barber come in and start sort of preparing him for a pre- press conference. He starts yeah. like trimming his moustache and stuff. Yeah. So she's really pulling all the strings, really. I mean, this guy she is, is literally her puppet. Controlling the whole thing. And it was, I liked it because, um, like, the, even the phone rang in his office and she picked it up and she's didn't the boss. Even, like, leave an explanation for him. She, she's. She's running the whole thing. She's, She's running a the puppet. show. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So then we've got so, scene nine where Lewis and Santiago go into this huge white church and it shows up from the outside and it looks like the Scientology building or reminded it looks, me. Of, 100%. I thought it was a Scientology building. And completely. It's, yeah, yeah. So it's yeah. probably definitely kind of a. Yeah. And then you start seeing on the side of the church is a huge big banister with a blonde chick on it and I'm like oh it's the, it's the, the lesbian cult everyone's wearing yellow <laughs> so the church is called joyful voices and it has these huge like flags on the side with this blonde ang- angelic kind of looking woman yeah. painted on them She's, yeah yeah um and we find out that this woman is actually kind of the star of the church called sister molly and yeah. she, She's, I is, think she was represented as like an angel sent from God. Yeah, 
Um, so she's the one that sings and speaks on that radio station that they turned on at the Haslands' house. Yeah. Uh, so they go in and they ask to speak to her, and a security guard says it's absolutely impossible. However, yep. they can meet with her mother, and her name yep. is Miss Adelaide. And she and seems to be bitch. like the big – she's a bitch, and she's like the big she's boss. She's a stage mum. She's, she's like totally stage a stage mum. Yes. stage manager. She's like super – controlling of her daughter straight away she's like looking at these cops and she's like no you can't speak to my daughter she's busy doing fucking vocal warm-ups like they're cops yeah yeah i got the impression that sort of sister molly was made to be this sort of the angel of and this kind of deity of this church whereas it's really adelaide that's pulling the strings so they're led controlling everything so they're led through this um crazy room where like loads and loads of people are just counting massive wads of cash. Yeah, there's just, like, piles of money. Yeah. Uh, so you can so tell that there's a lot of money wealthy, going through this church. Yes. Super, super wealthy cult church. Like, yeah. Like the ones we have these days. Probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. Um, um, so then she tells them that Hasland, Mr. Hasland, was a bursar in the church and she – Makes out that she didn't really know him, but that he was a valued member of the church. Yeah. And she's being very difficult when he asks she's them being very questions. She's just, yeah, super vague. She's kind of skimming over things. You can tell that she wants them out. She wants them um, out. Yeah. Yeah. And Lewis talks her into showing him Haslan's office at the church and he kind of winks at Tiago yes. saying, you know, you look around here, I'll go look at this office. And while they're in Haslan's office, she actually calls Lewis a racial slur. Yeah. Which relates to him being Jewish. Yeah. Um, so she kind of loses her temper uh, with him. Meanwhile, Santiago yeah. goes downstairs and he's actually found his way into the theatre backstage and he finds this sad-looking blonde girl who looks <laughs> like the girls on the flags outside and it's Sister Molly. And did yep. you love how she changed from being sad to stage face? It's so – it's stage house. It's so stage house. It's like she was having almost a panic attack. Yeah. And they – And then as soon as they introduce her, she completely changes, which I think a lot of performers can relate to. Yeah. Because I'm yeah. a depressed mess every day of, <laughs> of my life. And as soon as I'm on stage, I'm like, oh, I'm fabulous. Yeah. Oh, she and did she, the exact same thing. And she's great. introduced by uh, like a voiceover as being um, our righteous, blessed angel. And then it's her yeah. job to go out there and sing religious, apparently religious songs. And she's got this like robe that makes her look like an angel. But the yeah, song that like she sings, type. it was very was sexual, wasn't it? It was very sexual. Because it actually featured, it was like a burlesque big band orchestra, like it had the bumps and the grinds in it. Yes. Yeah, you Um, could have definitely done like a striptease to it. Yeah. So I found that a little strange. And she kind of implied that with her eyes. Like it was quite sexual and she was kind of doing that with her eyes. Yeah, and she did a few shoulder shimmies. She did and she kind of like winked a bit and it was very like, and it was supposed to be about her meeting this wealthy man who said that he was having trouble finding God. Yes. Yeah. And the audience was laughing and there were a little, little 
And they're just going anything. nuts for it. They're just absolutely they're living loving for it. And her. I don't blame them because she's a babe. Oh, and she's hot. Santiago is in the uh, side stage and he's kind of falling for it too. He it's is like, loving he's it. He's kind of like, yeah. You could, he's got like love in his eyes and he's very really cute. enjoying it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's, it's the first time in ages. I think we've seen him actually like smile and relax a bit. Yeah, cons- and especially is- considering everything else that's going on, like she's actually yeah. giving him something to keep to get his mind off things. Yeah. So yeah. they leave the church, and Lewis uh, is basically telling Tiago that these murders are it's it's all a con to frame the Mexican community, and they make plans there. It's like made them more determined to solve this case. Yeah, well, because Lewis was in the office, mm. private oh, office. Oh, that's right. And, yeah. And, and he, he took some books, didn't he, like that, some ledgers. Yeah, he took some of his paperwork and the mum gets really pissed, uh, starts spilling religious bullshit to him and then Lewis literally says the very famous line, think of the children, because he has like a photo of the... Um, yeah, yeah. Of that the was family. a He's really like, good of, for the kids. That, I, that was a really good um, piece of scripting there. I thought because she said, um, "This is a holy place, and we we are made of the blood of the lamb." And he says something like, "Well, I'm just interested in the blood of these kids." And he picks up the family photo, and he's like, "Yeah, take a look. Like, yeah. Take a look at this, sister." Um, yeah, literally, in the mum's like, "Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah." So he kind yeah. of puts her in her place, and um, I bet they're working in with the Nazis. Well, this church. I look bet at this sister Molly. She's like, she's like the Nazi poster dream. girl for the yeah. Aryan, Aryan nation. Goddess. Yeah, yeah. Do you want to say the next thing? <laughs> the two cops leave the church. They do. And then um, Lewis brings up an interesting point, which I didn't think about, but he straight away, straight away, he's like, I think the murder scene is staged. It's a fake. Um, someone else was setting it up to look like the Mexicans had committed yeah, it. Exactly. It was very, yeah, yeah. stylized and over-exaggerated and, yep. you know. The, yeah, the, so someone's the framing them. Day of the Dead paintings and shit, like. Yep. Yep. And he thinks that Molly's mum is hiding something, which I think is oh, well, that's very on pretty point. obvious. Yeah. yeah. So then we okay, go to the this beautiful postcard-looking beach. Yeah, and at this point, I was like, finally, we're getting back somewhere. I'm like, <laughs> let's do this. Let's get off the fucking cops. Let's. Yeah. Yeah. Me we're too. We're doing another topic. Yes. I, was like, Come I on, felt, bring the Nazis. Yeah, I felt like that too. So we're we're yeah. um. We're back with Dr. Kraft. Dr. Kraft. Yes, we are. And his two sons, they're at the beach and it's a very kind of idyllic looking beach and everyone's got colourful umbrellas and deck it's chairs beautiful. and towels and it's everyone's like pin-up sort of perfection and it's very nice. Um, and the kids are building a sandcastle. They're building a fort, like a from, Oh, yeah, it is war. like a big fort. Um, it looks like the Cowboys or something. I don't know. Oh, it might have yeah. been. And yeah. by coincidence, um, Magda's other character, her German mother character, Mrs. Branson, is on the beach mm. with her son Frank, with her with her fake son, fake, yeah, her skin boy, <laughs> his flesh, 
boy. <laughs> Tommy Flynn. <laughs> flesh boy. Flesh and she's boy. all That's like, and the, yeah, flesh boy. And she's all like, oh, Dr. Croft, I thought you would be yeah. working today, yeah. And yeah, so German dad is sitting there and he kind of like looks around and, and in the distance, only a few meters, but it looks like the distance. You see beautiful Mrs. Branson. Yeah. Looking sexy on the beach with her flesh boy. Yeah. And, um, he walks over and you can see him getting like a little like flustered and a little bit like Ooh. excited. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, oh my God, this is my chance. Yeah. So he goes over yeah. and has a little chat to them. And then we go back yeah. to the hospital and yeah. a nurse tells Matteo that Maria can't pray on the floor because it's unsanitary. Yeah, so the mum is still kneeling down praying and the nurse is like, she can't sit there, it's unsanitary. Which, honey, I agree, it is unsanitary. But, but she does it in a racist lilt. But does like she this. mean that the floor is dirty or that Maria is dirty? Mm, see, that's where it's kind of like, ooh. Yeah, exactly. I got the impression she's like, could she please not sit on the floor because I'll have to wash the floor. Whereas you ooh. would like to think that she would be saying, please don't sit on the floor because the floor is dirty and you'll get dirty. Yeah, well, you would like to think that. Mm. I mean, that's what I first thought because I agreed with her. But well, now yeah. that you said that, I'm like, oof, okay. So Matteo goes to a uh, lemonade machine and he's oh, super emotional hard. and it's like, yeah, this really weird scene where those racist cops appear behind him and they start assaulting him. He kind of like, he, he, he threatens to take out Matteo's eye and he kind of presses yeah. his thumb against Matteo's eye and he says, scream for me which is a throwback to season two of Penny Dreadful when the Lord tells Vanessa to scream for him. And then she later puts a spell on him and his dogs kill him. Yeah. And so he's basically squeezing his eye because his mate had lost an eyeball. So compared to the the amount of Mexicans who were dead, this guy was – bullying this kid because his friend had lost an eye. Yeah. And it was clear that way more Mexicans had died than police officers. And Um, then. And then. And then. A little hero pops up who uh, is very pretty. He's sexy. We meet a a new character. So we see a flick knife, a close-up of a flick knife, and the cop Mm. is like, oh, shit. And he turns around and there's this boy who's like kind of tough looking and he's got tattoos. He kind of looks like Valentina out of drag and Valentina was yes! more Yes. Yes. So like, he's a beautiful man. He's a beautiful, pretty boy. He's stunning. And yeah. he's got this flick knife and he kind of scares off the cops. They're like, why don't mm-hmm. you get out of here because I run the streets. And they head yeah. off and he buys Matteo a soda and he kind of like... He, but wait, he blows the cops a kiss, which was a such oh, a did he? power move. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't that, see that. It was it was like he has something with the cops. Like they, they kind of stand back from him and he has the, the power to be able to like blow them a kiss, whereas I think if any other Mexican did that, that'd be fucked. Exactly. Like so maybe he's got loads of dirt. 
yeah, he could yeah, he could be um an informant, we don't know. Yes. And he introduces anyway. himself as Fly Rico. Yeah. And yeah. um he's super confident and he calls people cats and he yeah. looks like he's got a lot of power in the city and he buys Mateo a soda and when he takes it out of the machine, he throws it up in the air and flips it up in the air and catches it. Yeah, so and did you very get a very cool. gay vibe? Oh, I got all directions vibe. I got <laughs> the brother and him were giving off massive gay oh, vibes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. I hope there was some. There was a lot of sexual tension in the air. I feel like I, I fucking hope that they they like fall in love. Oh, they probably will. I feel like he's our Dorian Gray. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Like he could flirt with anyone. Anyone. And yeah, you would be like, oh my god, this man is beautiful. And that's all we see of Fly Rico for this episode, which I was pretty disappointed about. So I'm looking forward to seeing him again. He looks fun. I hope there's a gay sex scene with the brother and him. Oh, it was, considering it was, it was, considering Penny Dreadful of yore, I think you will probably yeah. not not be disappointed. I hope. <laughs> I fucking hope. Okay, so, so then we we're back, back at the, the beach. beach. Now, I love this scene. So yes, much. it was weird, I, wasn't I, it? I love this. So all three kids are building this fort castle thing in the sand. Mm-hmm. Then Flesh Boy is being a little bit weird. It's so weird. Um, <laughs> because the kids are like talking about um, how military strategy and stuff. And they're like, and yeah. all these soldiers are dead. And then Flesh Boy is like, but dead people lay down. And he starts like, putting all the toys to their side, laying them down and start smiling. <laughs> and he puts them, like, he doesn't kind of, like, flip them down. Like, he puts them down real, like, real carefully. He's, like, he's like yeah. putting them down, like, all, yeah. And the and the and especially the kid, Dr. Craft's son with the glasses, he's, like. The kid with the glasses is, like, straight away just, like, staring at the kid. Who is this like, guy? Funniest expression. He looks like a little fat Charlie Chaplin. Yeah, yeah, and he's he. Just, He's, he's got kind the of best glaring face. at this kid. Yeah, he's like, <laughs> have you have you seen that meme of that cat heavy breathing? And it's this cat with like a massive double chin, and it's kind of sitting back on its neck, and it's just like, yeah, I think so. Staring heavy breathing. It was like that. <laughs> he, he was just heavy breathing, staring at the, the flesh boy. It was great. Yeah, great. yeah, great. So then yeah. laid it down the beach. So they've left the boys to make their little fort. And then Dr. Craft and Mrs. Branson are walking down the beach and she's telling him this big sob story about yes. how she doesn't like her husband and mm. she only married him because in the war um, he, had, he had food. And she says that she wishes that she could go to Tahiti and he says he would also like to go to Tahiti. Yeah, and, and she was saying stuff like, I saw my husband in his uniform and he wasn't even handsome. He was big and ugly. He was fat and, yeah, yeah. He had food and that's the only reason I ended up with him. And I think what she's doing... Which is kind of like curving the whole... She's making herself sound like she's not in love with her husband. Yeah. She's looking for someone else. She did it because she was desperate. And it's just creating this whole... um, I guess in the doctor's head of like, oh, my God, she's she needs someone to take her under his wing and yeah she needs to be saved yeah and appreciated but at the same time what she's doing is because obviously she's a demon and she knows everything Mm. she is pushing this whole agenda of i 
uh, and in an unhappy marriage with an American. And of course, Dr. Kraft is in an unhappy marriage with an American. Yeah. So she is telling him, we have a lot in common. Yeah. It's working because he's like, I'd like to go to Tahiti too. And they both look at each other and they're like, Yeah. I am loving their German accents. I love listening to their accents. I look, I, yeah, her accent spot on. I love it. And then when they're saying goodbye, it turns out that Dr. Kraft bought her son, Frank, would they say, say something like a Yoohoo? So his son said, Dad, can you get me a Yoohoo? And he said, No. Oh, but shit. Then she, I didn't he bought, that. He bought Frank. Frank said, Thank you for the Yoohoo. So I'm guessing Ooh. this is a type of chocolate or something like that. Yeah. Something. And Flesh Boy says goodbye to the other kids. And yeah, and the Charlie kids Chaplin like staring at him. Still same face, just like <laughs> yeah, staring like, him get down. Get away from me, you psycho. <laughs> <laughs> so good. <laughs> yeah, he was funny. So yeah. then season oh. 14, Governor Townsend. Uh, he's putting yep. his plan into attack and he's conducting this press conference. He's holding up the blood-stained and bullet-holed shirt of a dead police yep. officer and motioning to the side where his wife and child are standing. Mm. He's exacerbating the racist agenda by blaming the Mexican community for the violence and he declares he will name the new motorway after the fallen officers as a tribute to their sacrifice. Yeah, and he said, let every Mexican in L.A. know that this will not stand. Yeah. So he's basically fear-mongering everyone. Mm-hmm. Totally. And he's causing the community to be, to be like, let's go after any Mexican. Yeah. From woman to kid to man to old person. Everything. Yeah, he's just pouring He's pouring sort of, you know, chemicals over this fire that's starting and, and he's just Completely. making it worse. Completely. And Alex is sitting back. She's kind of like... Heavy breathing, like a slight little smirk on her face. She's like, like she's, my plan is going exactly she's starting as I... the war. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then we yep. had scene 15, which I struggled with. I'm struggling with this relationship here. Yeah, it's all very like there's so much tension in the air between everyone and I was like, come on. Yeah, yeah. So Santiago goes back to the church and he notices Mexican people carrying groceries in the back door. So he goes in there and he sees Sister Molly and she's washing dishes. Yeah. So he snuck into the church. Yeah. Yeah. There's a huge line of people that I think were were going in to eat. Was it like a soup kitchen? Is that what it was? Yeah. I think it was a soup kitchen because they're all homeless. They look pretty gross. Right. Okay. No offense to homeless people, but they, they dress them up to look... Like they were dirty and they had like the the baked bean hats, you know, the hat that kind of peels up at the top and everyone is like, that's a homeless person. You know okay. I mean? <laughs> <laughs> baked bean hats. <laughs> uh, yeah, so he's like, mm, I am dressed quite nice. I will not fit in with the homeless people. So he sees Mexicans delivering food and he's like, hmm, this I'll is my time. And he grabs the tray and he sneaks in and I'm like, ha yeah, that's yeah. clever. Yeah. And it turns and out. Sister Molly in the kitchen washing yeah. plates and she's cast in like this beautiful light. Like she's kind of, the kitchen's kind of like dark and then you pan to her and she's directly under a kitchen light and everything. She looks angelic, very out of very place. Bright. Yeah, she's yeah. like kind of. She's very angelic. Very clean. Yeah, yeah. Her her hair's perfect. 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, so he starts asking her questions about Dr. Uh, Mr. Hasland and yep. she says um, he was a fine, tall man. And then he questions, why did you say that? And she said, oh, I meant tall as in upstanding. So we're yeah, suspicious so of I her. I think she's quite sexual. I think she like, I just have a feeling she has like a thing with a lot of like, although she's like this sweet um, religious girl who is the image of innocence and virginity and she kind of implies that she's in the men like 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 yeah I don't know like this song was sexual and then she's like oh yes he was very tall I think she's just super horny yeah but that's then wait she's then he says horny. why do you say he was do you think that's why she said, oh, because I got the impression he wasn't a tall man and she just kind of like got it wrong or something like that. But actually now that I think you're correct. like Yeah, I think she said straight away she, she talked about what this guy looked like and then he's like, oh, you mentioned do you like tall men? He said something like do you, do you like tall guys? And I think yes. she caught herself sounding she like, ha- oh, yeah. God, she's. So she had oh, to make no, herself more righteous. High up in society, yeah. I see what you I mean. Think she's just super yeah. horny because the whole time she was looking at him like with like fucking sex eyes. The whole time, actually, that makes sense. Actually, because she, because he says, "Oh, why are you out? Why are you not out the front?" Mm. She goes, "Oh, I like washing dishes and helping people because the parishioners get too attached." And she kept yeah, on saying they get the attached. Time. So what she's really saying is. I keep kind of trying to have affairs and then my mum keeps dragging me back. <laughs> that or, or like because she is kind of a figure of fame in the community, she doesn't like the level of people getting attached to her. But True. I think she was almost saying this to Santiago to be like, I'm allowing you to get close to me because I don't often warm up to people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, It was very like, that's the feeling I got. Like there was a moment when he came around the bench to wash dishes with her and she mm-hmm. kind of like got all like flustered. And then there's a point where he turns around and he leans up on the bench and she's kind of like checking him out. Like there's massive fucking sex eyes. She's like checking him out, leaning against the bench. And I just think she's got the hots for him. And, and he kind of does to her, but I don't know if he's almost using that as like to get shit out of her, but. There's definitely sexual tension. Yeah, but it's going. It can go both ways. She could be trying to get information out of him too. True, 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 true. So she explains yep. that her mother had made her an, into an evangelical sort of starlet from an early age, and they travelled and sang gospel all around the country for years and years. Yeah. Um, I found this scene to be. Oh, I find both of their their scenes where they talk to be quite drawn out. Um, so did I. There was what very <laughs> lingering sort of images of her like washing a cup, and I was like, "Yeah, I, I was like, I want demons." <laughs> I know. I found myself just staring at the cup. Yeah, over yeah. And over again, she'd clean the same cup, and I was like, "That is a good cup. That cup would be good for coffee. It'd be a great tea cup. It'd be great for cappuccino." Like, could put put a plant over and over in again. It. Yeah. So yes. we finally have our first night scene of the episode where Lewis yeah. and some other Jewish friends are staking out Richard Goss coming out of a building yeah. with a young guy that they don't know. He looks very so, nervous. Yeah, so we've got this – we find out basically that, that Lewis has this little sort of club of other Jewish people and they're – he's not just working on his own. Like he's 
He's got yeah. He's got yeah. He's got some other people that are like, there's been a huge influx of Nazis in the fucking community. Let's figure this shit out. Yeah. So they go out and at night and they sort of keep an eye on the situation. And the lady, I was like, who is that? How do I know her? Yeah. And then so she's from she's the medium from Insidious that goes to the other side. Oh, I love. Yeah, it took me a while to get that, but I was like, yes, that's where I I know her from. She's so cool, that chick. Yeah. So Lewis tells the two guys in the back seat, who are called Sam and Anton, to get in their car and follow Goss. And split up. And he says, they're probably just going to the ambassador. You you take that guy, we'll take the young guy. So they split up. Yeah. And by that guy, we mean the the bold headed German who had the Gestapo yes. assistant in the last season who R- threatened Mr. Goss. the governor. Yeah, yeah, Mr. Goss. Yeah, so the bad guy. They're all bad, but this guy's particularly bad. He's kind of like the baddest. He's the head honcho. For the moment, yeah. We don't know of anyone yeah. higher than him yet. Except for Hitler. Well, I mean, but he's Hitler's, not in the Hitler's show. not here yet. No. No. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so do you want to talk about the next fun scene? Yes, I do. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> oh, the sex scene. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. First sex scene. Um, German dad is having sex with his sad, sad wife. Okay. Yeah. They're in the missionary position, which I think is quite sad as well. So it adds to the whole, like, both of them depressed. He, so his wife she she turns into um, Mrs. Branson. Yeah, and it gets really gets really passionate. Yeah, she wraps her legs around his waist, and starts clawing at his back, and then she he kind of starts to strangle her, and it's all very sexual and passionate. Yeah, and then it kind of then it, it within like a second, the next frame is the sad wife smoking a cigarette, being like, "Don't you ever embarrass me like that again?" Yeah. And, German dad is kind of sitting there very regretful and apologetic and it's really sad. I thought it was very sad. Yeah. Oh, poor German dad. But poor wife too. It was just uncomfortable for them both. So then we head back to Molly and And Tiago. And it's boring again. It's very drawn out once again. We go boring Jewish people chasing Nazis to sex, then back to fucking... They're having Molly and Tiago. So they're they're just sitting a at a bowl. table. Yeah, it's a very plain scene. She tells him about a dying young boy that she prayed for in a hospital. She's using mm. us to uh, she's using a tone that leads us to believe she's lying. Well, that's the impression that I got. And I got then, like because she didn't she say something like when the boy died, I went straight home and started to self harm. Yeah. Well, Tiago then tells her about his brother and and that he doesn't believe in God. And she tries to sort of persuade him otherwise. Yeah. She's really shocked. She's like, you mean you don't believe in in anything? You don't have any belief in God at all. And he's like, no, well, I saw. Well, I saw Santa Morte once. And then she says when the young boy died, she cut her wrists. And then her mother comes in and interrupts the conversation. I thought, I don't know if it might just be me, but I thought it was really weird how she didn't once question who the angel of death was. 
Yeah. Like she she straight away was there was no question like she knew already who this chick was. Maybe she did. I thought that was weird. Maybe so she maybe, she's maybe she involved did know in who that was, but it, it seems to me that it's just something that Mexican people know about. Yeah, I don't know. I thought it was a weird just very religious girl who's protected and very sheltered and yeah. very like flowers and daisies just happens to know who this deity is. I thought that was a bit weird. Yeah, that was a little strange. So we'll keep that in the um Yeah, yeah note in the back of, burner. Hmm. And her yeah. mother Adelaide interrupts their conversation and sort of bundles her into this limousine and Adelaide tells Tiago, if you want to speak to my daughter again, you has to go You'll through to our lawyer. To a lawyer. And she kind yeah, of throws really. this business card at him. And so she's like, you know what, just stay away from us. So yeah, the last scene of the episode is actually a montage of events. Yeah. And yeah. I noticed that the music during this collection of scenes was really good. It was really eerie. Yeah, this was literally the best part of the Yeah, it really was. A lot happened. It took about 40 minutes. To get into something. Yes, I agree. Yeah. And I was like, right, here we go. And then, yeah. I'm like, yeah. all right. <laughs> so the car with Sam and Lewis's, Anton. Yep, they're driving, they're following the Nazis. And it so takes they're a following turn. Goss. And yeah, they're the, like, the Gestapo they're like the oh, guys. we're not going to the ambassador. We're heading up to the hills. And they're like, oh, shit. Well, yeah, we'll they take going. a dark uh, turn down this really dark road. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's awkward because. They're the only car following them down this like. It's super obvious, lane. yeah. And it's like you're definitely t- being followed, you know. Um, They're super conspicuous. Exactly. Then, then Lewis follows the nervous guy to Caltech. The young guy. While the others, yeah, while the others are going through Pasadena. So, what was that building? Um, what what is Caltech? Is it like a university? Yeah, it's a uni. And um, we see the young guy go down into a laboratory, and he's slamming his fists against the against the desk, and you can see all these calculations written up on the yeah, blackboard on and the then, board, and, and he Lewis looks really frustrated. Yeah, he looks. I I think he looks really stressed. Yeah, I think he's been um coerced into doing some dodgy shit for the Nazis, and he doesn't want to do it. Okay. Um, and Lewis looks up, and it says. Um, that explosives are held in the premises. Yeah, so there's get, a red oh, sign shit. and it says caution explosive <clears throat> materials and he's sort of peering through the window at this. So we're like, hmm, what's going on we're Like, here? okay, so there's the, the Nazis are getting into the explosives. Some serious Which is stuff. never a good combination. Yeah. yeah. So while that's happening, Maria is at the hospital and she's lit a black candle and she is passionately she's praying. still praying. She's still on her knees praying. Like she's still crazy crying. praying. She's begging at this point. Like she's quite loud. I was surprised no nurses or anything were like, "Yeah, girl, she's put a loud. put a can in it. Put a sock in it. Love. Put a sock in the can. <laughs> put it in the bean can hat. Yeah. <laughs> so behind her, coming out of the shadows, we can see the silhouette of Santa Morte. Yeah. And yeah. suddenly Raul appears right in oh, front no, of her. Oh, no, we haven't got to that part yet. That's pretty – isn't that pretty much it? What happens? No, we haven't got to that part yet. Then okay. we go back to the Jewish friends that are following the Nazis. Oh, shit, we didn't say what happened it, to them. It's very cut, cut. Yeah. Yes, um, yes. At this point they're going along the dark road and 
it actually pissed me off because they were basically bumper to bumper with the Nazis car. That was so obvious. I'm like, what are you doing? I know. Literally a meter from the other car. Yes. And they're they're having like a like a debate about a six letter word that means fear that begins with C or something. And because they're the to like, lady was doing the crossword, and they were and they're just yeah. kind of chatting about this crossword. They're just bantering, and they're not concentrating, which made me angry. Yeah, I were looking through the front console for a piece of paper, and I'm like, mm. guys, you are following Nazis in the middle of nowhere. Look where you're going. And then obviously the Nazis stop right in the middle of the road, and these to just at this point look up and they're like, oh, shit, and um, they both get executed. Mm-hmm. So Mr. Goss has this security guy. Get out and just shoot them. And he yep. shoots them through the windscreen and he actually double taps them and then Yeah, he, he does a double tap, which. Yeah. And yeah, then he I pushes the car over the cliff, doesn't he? Yeah. Yeah, he rolls the car off the cliff. So which they're gone. Which super sad. Yep. And then Mr. Goss, we can see him, he's smoking a cigarette and he's watching this happen. Yeah. So it looks like it's all under his daughters. Yeah. And I I honestly think that they knew they were being tailed right from the get-go. That's why they went up to a secluded area just to, like, pull off the execution. Yeah. Then we whiz back to the hospital where Maria is praying and the candle blows out. Yeah, and she's praying like a maniac. Yeah, she looks up after the candle went out and all the lights in this whole hospital room are out and um, the bed is empty and there's, like, a few spots of blood. Yes. Then um, she gets up and she starts following the trail of blood. Mm-hmm. And in the, behind her we can see the angel, just the silhouette. Yes. And then um, she's still following the trail of blood and she finds, like, a a fresh puddle of blood. It's quite big. Mm-hmm. And at this point, like the lights are kind of flashing from either end. We see the angel silhouetted behind her. Then she looks behind her and she's gone. She's and gone. as she turns behind, we see another figure in front of her in the hallway. And that, that it's a different shape. I don't think it was the angel. It was a, a mm. thicker shape. I and thought it was. Her- I thought it was her. So everywhere, every time she looked behind her, the angel was in front of her, and every time she looked in front of her, the angel was behind her. Mm. Could be. Um, then she turns back, and her son is standing directly in front of her. Um, he has a huge flesh wound going from his forehead down to his chin, over his eye, like right and, through his eye, isn't it? Yeah, like a huge cut, and he's kind of reaching for her. Yeah, and he looks and, kind of like a ghost. Like he looks. Yeah, I wasn't sure if he was dead or not, or whether yeah he had brought him back and he had survived. It was it was left very like yeah to figure out. And she just kind of because he looks pretty alive to me, but he also kind of looked a bit zombie-ish. Um, because he was very stiff and like wasn't looking at her, he was kind of looking straight forward. I mean, it could have been so a little short. bit like avenge me that kind of thing. Could be. So yeah. that was it then. That was it. That was, that was it. the end of the episode. Yeah. And I was like, that was it. damn it, because we didn't get any of the, the demons really. Like we saw No, the there wasn't silhouette. anything too crazy. There wasn't anything too crazy. Like there was no, you know, I want to see crazy seances. I want to see. Yeah. I want to see levitation. Yeah, I wanted to see some scary shit. I want to see scary stuff. I want to see the creepy stuff. 
Um, they better pick up their game. I really hope they do. Maybe they just Penny Dreadfuls was so fucking cool. Yeah. Like every few minutes there'd be something popping something out. Happened. And it was always dark and there was always like something in the background. This one is very true detective with some demons involved. Yeah. Which I love true detective because it's so criminology and crime based, but this isn't crime based enough to keep it interesting. I like, like it because I, I find it quite easy to understand. Like you, it's very easy to follow. Yeah, like, it is very easy to follow. I mean, I get confused with the, the amount of cat. I suck at character names. Like you watch, I'll continue this whole season review being like German dad and fucking flesh boy. And like, I will not be able to follow up, keep up with names, but. Mm. Oh, I wanted to mention one other link in this yep. episode. Yep. So Dr. Kraft, when he was first sitting on the beach, he was reading the book Gone with the Wind. Yeah. And then when the Jewish uh, detective group were in the car staking out Mr. Goss, they were arguing about who should play the lead in the film of Gone with the Wind. So basically um, Gone well, with the Wind was a big sort of fad at the time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like Twilight for us because we're so it was on trend. Yeah. Um, well, this is off topic, but I want to cover this movie. I just my dad made me watch it last night after going on about it for a few days. He's yeah. like, you have to watch this movie called Cargo. Watch this movie called Cargo. Cargo, Cargo. It's an Australian zombie film. Oh, right. Never heard of it. I watched it last night. I've got a Fucking feeling I've heard of the it. Best what platform? Zombie movie I've ever watched. What platform? Uh, is Netflix. It on? Netflix. All right, we'll watch it tonight. It is incredible. Best zombie film I've seen. All right, we'll watch it after dinner yep. tonight. Yeah, sounds good. It is so good. I want to do a review on it. Well, I'm if I watch it, it uh, do you want to review it sometime this week? Yeah, I'd love to. Um, I'm going to rewatch it again tonight. Oh, cool. But, um, have you seen Train to Busan? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's up. It's up there with trying to boost. That was my favorite. They're doing film. a sequel to that. Are they? Yeah, yeah they don't fuck it up. No, they're doing. They're doing two. They're doing an American version and a sequel. No, they're doing an American. Oh. Yeah, well, you know how I feel about American versions, but then, but they. Oh, just leave it alone. But the leave same the people, Koreans alone. Yeah, I know, but the Koreans are doing a sequel as well. Okay. Shit. You're not, so, you don't have to that's watch it. Really annoying. You don't have to watch it. The South Koreans do incredible films. Leave them alone. I know. It's the same as the Spanish. Just leave the Spanish films. Yep. Leave the Japanese films alone. Yes. Just leave Japanese, them all alone. Spanish, Korean. And it drives me nuts because them. there is so many <clears throat> starving, amazing writers, film screenwriters yep. out there. Give yes. them a chance. Completely. Completely. Stop remaking they'll, the same they'll stuff. Big, they'll put someone like um, Chris Hemsworth as the lead and they'll muscle it up. All the extras like, will be models. It's just like everyone will be stunning. Like nothing no. makes something less scary than making people look people. like beautiful people. That yeah, that's it. A that, scary well, what, movie yeah. is when people look like your randoms in the shopping center. That's what makes it scary. Well, yeah, that's it. That's and that's why you have to watch Cargo because everyone is um, the only the lead actor is the British guy from um, uh, Lord of the Rings. Chris is Martin holding up a Freeman. note. Ah, oh, Bilbo Baggins. Bilbo, yeah. Yeah. So he's the only, <laughs> like, 
established actor, and I think the, there's another. Um, let's see, the the wife is Susie Porter, and How I do think I know that name. She could have. She's she's in Wentworth. Oh, um, who is she in Wentworth? I don't know. Maybe. Anyway, guys, hope you enjoyed this episode. Um, yes. If you have any uh, reflections on City of Angels, let us know. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't even know if anyone's listening to this side side project, but give you us, never give know. Yeah. Anyway. Yep. Anyway, we'll anyway, see kids. you next week, you guys, for episode three of Penny Dreadful City of Angels. Um, yeah. Catch us on Instagram. I think my fridge is haunted if you want to get in contact. Um, yeah, and we'll see you next week. See you then. All right. All righty. Bye. Ciao, ciao. Bye.